Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturated, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and saturated skincare. And today I'm joined by my co-host and co-founder of New Strength and lesser half, Craig McDonough. <laughs> Although he would disagree with that. Sure, she'd do. <laughs> and today we... A woman with a small brain. Oh, he brain always sat off that bloody movie. size what's of that, ours. What's that movie? Science. Anchorman. Oh, so funny. He's so funny. Um, I always say to him, you're just a man with a brain. With it. So, sure, the women out there will agree with me. <laughs> with a very small Much brain. Between your legs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> today we, we had... um. I can't remember after which podcast it was. Maybe it was one about the different phases, I think. Um, and I had a few people message me and say, oh, can you talk, can you get Craig to talk more about what is body recomposition and when mm-hmm. would it be appropriate for someone to do that? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, Craig would love to talk about this. This is his favourite. <laughs> Topic ever, like the Holy Grail. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, um so uh, when we talk about body composition, we're, we're talking about total body weight and what makes up your total body weight, which is primarily muscle and fat. Yes, you've got organs and bones and stuff like that, but we can't affect any of those things. So they're in this equation, they're fairly irrelevant. We just go, we can know we can affect how much fat mass we have. We can affect how much muscle mass we have. So when we talk about improving your body composition, we're not usually saying, well, let's improve you by adding more fat and less muscle. <laughs> improving body composition means more muscle and less fat. Okay. And I think, don't you think Craig, like so many women, like they spend so much of their life just trying to diet and they never actually build any muscle. Cause the thing is, it's like when you get rid of the muscle, sorry, when you get rid of the fat, unless you've got a good amount of muscle underneath there, you're just going to look skinny and you won't be able to eat as much. Like, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and interestingly enough, we're, we're, we're understanding more from research now, and uh, the very lovely Libby Westcombe did a post about this the other day. Give her a shout out. She was messaging me and she's like, have you seen this? Oh, my God. Those two in their fucking studies. Oh, yeah. they love a good study, don't you, you two? Yeah, yeah. No, she's, she's really we've good. We've got this funny group message with me and Amy and Libby and Leela and Kate Deering. And then we've got one just with me and Craig and Leela and Libby just because it's we're in Australia, like time. And those poor guys, sometimes they wake up and there's like 50,000 fucking messages from Australia. <laughs> They're like, yeah. what's going on? So I'm when not we're including just- any of those because I don't contribute to the 50,000. I'm the 50,000 and one message. Yeah. yeah. So those two, like they love a good study, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It was, but, it, but it was a really, uh, I mean, it was um, done all that long ago, but basically um, to cut a long story short, when we're talking about metabolism, and uh, as we age, it's generally that, that you know, uh, assumption that, oh, as I'm getting older, just because my metabolism is slowing down and because of menopause and, you know, all of these things, you know, th- these are the reasons why um, I'm having the issues. And, and the reality is your metabolism is actually slowing down because you're losing muscle mass. When we actually look at, yes, there are a few other factors, but the primary reason is as you lose muscle mass, you stop eating generally as much protein. You don't need to eat as much. And as a result, your metabolic adaption happens. So because you're not eating as much food, you move less 
And it's just this cascading of effects uh, that happen um, as a result and starts by you losing more muscle mass. So hence why we've been crapping on for so many years. And now it actually just proves it that having more muscle is never, never uh, a, 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 a bad thing. Like it's like the, the more muscle that you can have relative to your capability and what you can do is always going to be something that's going to help you if your goal is to you know, be as pro-metabolic as possible. Like, you know, to have a good body composition and have good temps of pulses and sleep well and, and all you those sort of things more. that we talk about. Yeah, and being able to eat more. So having more muscle is definitely always the thing that we want to do from an activity perspective. So when we're talking about body recomposition, for a lot of people, when they've spent so much time dieting, generally that means they've spent so much dieting so severely that it's usually coupled with exercise that doesn't really grow muscle. And then when they inevitably shit the bed because they've dieted so much and they've been doing a whole bunch of exercise that takes away from them building muscles, too much cardio, you know, boot camps, all that sort of stuff, that they, they inevitably just burn out, right? That's what I mean by shit the bed. They burn out and then they're basically left with eating bugger all. Hunger signaling is going massively up. So they're eating more and more and more food. They're not doing any training, so they're just getting fatter and fatter, and they're still having really, really low muscle mass. So in this case, what we need to do is kind of go, we need to work out what your maintenance calories is, and then and that's going to be relative to your current composition. So your height, uh, your age, your weight, you know, body, body fat percentage. Then we can work out how much lean body mass you have, and then we basically, based off your activity levels, we can then assert what your maintenance calories is. Now, Ultimately, over this process, we want to be getting your activity levels up. So getting you hitting a threshold of steps per day, and you know that's going to allow you to be able to eat more food. But the goal should be to kind of go, okay, the one thing that you're missing severely is lean muscle mass. We know that, especially if you're above 30% body fat, that we don't really want you to be eating any more food that's going to push you into a surplus that's going to see your body weight go up. So we want to just try and maintain as much as we can. So be eating enough protein, eat enough carbs, fats relative to your current composition and activity levels. And then it all becomes about the training. It's just like, we need to just get that happy balance with food. And we need to put all of the emphasis on you getting as strong as fuck, right? Across your body, doing all of the movements that you can handle, you know, and, and really pro- pushing that progressive overload and weights in the gym. And then basically what happens is because you're eating enough protein, enough food, just to simply maintain your body weight as your muscle goes up, right? And as I said at the start, what makes up your total body weight that you can manipulate is going to be muscle and fat. So if you're 75 kilos, right, at, at um, let's just say you're 75 kilos and you need to be eating, let's say 2,000, we'll just use this number, 2,000 calories a day to maintain that 75 kilos of body weight. If you put on two kilos of muscle in the gym because you've been going there, you've been lifting weights, progressively overloading, and you've gotten stronger, and that's led to two kilos of lean body mass increase, that means you've lost two kilos of fat mass because your total body weight of 75 kilos hasn't changed, but the thing that affects muscle has gotten better, so therefore your muscle has gone up, body weight hasn't changed, that means the other opposing part, fat, has to have come down. So this is what we mean by body recomposition. It's eating at eating enough food uh, to maintain your current body weight, and the training is driving the muscle growth. And as a result of getting those two variables correct, your fat mass is coming down. So this is often what we see with certainly a lot of people who are new to training because they 
they've just got so much runway to, to be able to get muscle. They don't really need to do a whole lot of volume. They don't need to do a whole lot of training days to really elicit a stimulus that's going to give them the maximum amount of effect. Over time, they're going to need to increase their volume, but certainly in the first, like, you know, depends how quickly they kind of pick it up, but certainly in the first sort of six months or whatever, they don't need to be doing a lot. They just need to be getting their execution right with their training, making sure they're learning how to put in enough effort and then just following some sort of structured program where they're overloading the weight reps, you know, on a week to week basis for as long as possible. And if they're consistent with doing that and they're just being relatively good with their food, the body composition will change. I just wanted to jump in quickly and share a little bit more about a new product that Saturate has released, so Marine Collagen. Now, the reason we released this product is we just had a ton of requests from clients asking us to source a really pure and good quality marine collagen. So while we were going through this process and while it took us a long, quite a long time because Emma is absolutely anal about the quality of all our products, And it took us so long because we just realized that so many of the claims around the marine collagens and where they're sourced from are not actually true. So we found that a lot of them that said they were from, you know, Norway or around that those areas were actually sourced from waters around Asia and beyond. So we finally found um, and tested a great product that Emma was happy with, which is 100% from Norwegian and Icelandic waters. Um, So it is actually a type 1 collagen. So the type 1 uh, collagen is predominant in cells in the skin and connective tissue, and it also plays an important role in bones. So when taken orally um, and daily, the short-chain collagen peptides and free amino acids in marine collagen support the organisation and regulation of collagen fibres and the production of elastin fibres. So you don't have to take as much of this um, as the normal bovine collagen. So it's recommended about a tablespoon a day. So anywhere between six to um, 10 grams. So it's a smaller tub and you won't need to use as much. It does. Well, Emma thinks it has a a slight um, fishy smell, but I actually don't think it really smells at all like fish. So uh, Craig and I have been, um, since we've released it, we've been using it every morning in our coffee, just having a really heaped uh, tablespoon. And I don't think you can actually taste it at all. So yeah, it's really exciting, Um, you know, targeted at the skin. I'll be testing it this month and we'll report back. Um, and I've been using it obviously alongside the new uh, Saturace skincare and that will be back in stock. Well, I guess by the time that this podcast is released, it'll be back in stock or might be a day. So Wednesday, the 15th, the skincare will be back in stock. It was so popular that we um, we sold out when we f- released the first batch. So I'm going to drop a uh, link in the show notes and use discount code uh, KITTY, K-I-T-T-Y in capitals 05 to get 10% off the marine collagen and anything else um, or any of the other saturated products. Let's get back to the episode. What we see is you know, when they're actually doing a check-in, the body weight might not be changing all that much, but we can see their progress in the gym going up or their training performances. And then what we see is their girth measurements. So like small waist belly button, hips, all that sort of stuff is starting to shrink. And that is very indicative of muscle gain with concurrent fat loss. So was it, uh, I just to trying to think of some examples. So like, cause I hear you talk about this a lot is like, there's certain types of people that this will usually happen to. So one, usually the new 
lifters that haven't really lifted properly before. Like I think a good example yes. of that is the client you just worked with. She was a runner. Yep. And she'd never really lifted properly. Yep. And she was already small yep. and her weight went up, but her measurements went down and she was eating more food. Yes. So yep. she's put on muscle and like, the, that's awesome. Yep. Yep. So it's, and, it's, but she was new to lifting. Like she'd yes. really lifted properly before. No. So a- anyone, regardless of your background, whether you've, you've come from a, you know, a, a sporting background or you haven't really done much. If you're, if you're new to the actual act of lifting weights and progressing properly do you reckon like i would say that when i met you i'd lifted weights yes yeah but but not probably yeah well that's what i look like the act of properly lifting heavy weights using progressive overload and structure and proper exercise selection and all execution all these sort of things all these elements go into actually being able to build muscle um so if you you haven't been doing that and you're you you you, you're outside of that category then yes you you, you're going to have an easier time in the initial sense of of putting on some more um, lean muscle mass. The other um, person who'll do that is someone who is, who has been in the gym, even if they're like super advanced, but they've had a really long layoff. You know, maybe- oh, you remember that lady in the gym that did that? I remember that. Uh, what was her name? Holly. Yeah. Holly. Yeah. Uh, she was a yeah. She was amazing. Like she was. Yeah. She, she, she was quite big. She was, she was about 80. No, 80, no she was 70 something kilos. I think 70. No, she, she was about 80 when she first started. Was she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She yeah. was about eighty when she first started, but she she competed before. She was a bodybuilder, mm. and she just hadn't done it for a couple of years. And then she was like, "Okay, I'm I'm getting um, a little bit too much overweight. <laughs> I need to kind of uh, you know get get back into the groove and 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 do all that sort of stuff." And it's because she had that muscle memory, even though the muscle had shrunk, the the, the actual muscle fibers, all of those the um, those satellite cells, um, what they refer to. Um, had been built before. So they, they never actually disappear. They just go dormant. They shrink and just lay dormant. But the moment you just start lifting weights again, they just come back online really, really quickly. Mm. And, and often people who are more advanced, you know, certainly in her um, case, like she already knew she'd been doing it for a number of years. She already knew how to lift. She just needed to ease back into it, find her groove again, you know, get her conditioning back, you know, kind of get over that initial stage where she's just like super sore. Um, all the time. And then, you know, after that, it was just like, you know, it was really for her just about dialing in the food because the training was just taking care of herself. And, you know, obviously body weight come down, but the measurements were just happening so quickly because of all the muscle just come back so quickly. Like muscle memory is definitely a thing. Like, you know, um, it, it doesn't take too long for that to sort of come back. You know, it was probably maybe eight weeks, you know, and she, she would look way different. So, mm. so yeah, they're, they're the mainly two people, you know, people coming, coming back from a long layoff, maybe it was injury or they just had time off or whatever, or, or newbies generally have a really good position. I think you really have to like, like, cause I know that's what I was like. Like I used to lift weights, but I didn't really used to lift weights, you know, like <laughs> I was a bit of a, I just did dumb shit, you know, like I remember, like I could probably barely even squat to depth 60 kilos. That was like my one rep max. Right. And, you know, I just did walked around the gym, just doing whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, I mean, I would like a lot of women that we see that were like me, I was small, like 62 kilos. Yeah, I'm yeah. five, eight. Um, and yeah, like you just, so would you say someone like that, Craig would be better at finding their maintenance calories and just sitting there and then just fucking getting strong. Yep. Like stop trying to diet. hundred percent. Yeah. Learn how to lift. Yeah, and, and with clients, we we basically refer to this as a a recomp phase. You know, we don't 
we don't call it a maintenance phase because that's not what it is. Like a maintenance phase is generally reserved for people, you know, if they're coming out of a diet, we just sort of, you know, sit them at a maintenance calories for a while and they just kind of maintain their training. They're not trying to make progress or if they're going on holidays, you know, they're having some, mm. some time off. But a recomp phase is, yes, in terms of the cal- the calorie range, it's it's the same as maintenance calories. Um, but but the, the, the training is actually really much about as much muscle gain as possible. Um, and like I said, because we don't want to be pushing food up, you know, too quickly because, um, you know, depending on where the person is, but, you know, if you, certainly if you're above, like I said, that 30% body fat, you're better off just sort of maintaining, letting the recomposition phase run its course for as long as possible until you actually get up to your true threshold of strength capability across all of your lifts, your hinges and your squats and your presses and pulls and different things. And then once you get there, you kind of get to this crossroad where you kind of need to make a bit of a decision where it's just like, okay, I've gone as far as I can out of this. I can't be in the forever recomp phase where I'm just going to continue to lose another 10 kilos and just gain muscle. It's just not going to happen at a point. It's physical. I wouldn't say it's physiologically impossible. It just takes so long to do it that way. It's, it's quite an inefficient way to ultimately get to your goal. And you just kind of go, right, well, where am I? Like, what is the ultimate goal? I want to be leaner. I want to be like this. Okay. I'm, I'm sitting now, even though I've, I was 30%. Now I'm at like, you know, 24 or 25%, whatever, lost five or 6% body fat, even though my weight hasn't changed all that much. And that's just relative because I've put on that amount of muscle mass. If I want to go from 24 down to 20 or less, then it's more of a specific kind of muscle gain phase at that point. And that's sort of where your training kind of needs to go to maintenance. So you, you still want to go into the gym with the intent of trying to grow muscle, but it's just like, if you're lifting certain weights, you're not trying to progress them more, more reps and weight. You just sort of go, okay, you what have I been doing? doing a fat loss phase and they do a fat loss phase they, to they get rid of a bit phase, of fat right. and then yep. you do a muscle gain phase. Yep. Correct. So fat loss phase is maintaining your current performances and letting the, 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 the total calories and activity drive the, the, the weight down from fat, uh, from fat. Um, and then once you get to that point and then you're like, okay, I want to have a, you know, bigger set of glutes and some nice shoulders now. It's just like, okay, well, you're lean enough. Uh, we then need to reverse it into more of a muscle gain phase. So we need to be in a caloric surplus. And that's where it becomes like, you've you got to be eating enough to really drive those adaptions and the training becomes more about training focus again. So mm. this is why we have all of these phases and it just all depends, you know, where the person is, what the goal is, or, you know, where their starting position is. And, uh, you know, what strategy we sort of implement, you know, first to sort of get them there. Um, and that's obviously where you need to take into account the person's life and what they've got going on and what's going to be the best strategy. But it really, it's only three phases for the most part. You're either doing a recomp, you're either doing a fat loss or you're doing a muscle gain, you mm. know, and you might do a maintenance if you're going on holidays or just, you know, having some downtime. <laughs> Nobody should be having downtime when it comes to muscle gain ever. It's always going to be more muscle. Can never be enough muscle. It is never enough. never enough. It's never enough. Thanks, Craig. Thanks again. That was a nice, quick, uh, short one for everyone. And um, as always, uh, please rate and review the podcast. If you've done it before, you can do it again. You can do it as many times as you like. And um, uh, take a screenshot and share your biggest takeaways on Instagram stories and tag me at K-I-T-T-Y-B-L-O-M-F-I-L-D. And you could win a chance of saturate chance of you could you go into the draw to win. I can't say my words today. Uh, 
<laughs> Another day. You could be- <laughs> Another day for the foghorn. <laughs> you could win a tub of Satray Premium Collagen. So I'd basically pick a winner every month. Um, so, yeah, please rate, review, and share. And we will see you again next week. Mm-hmm.